There was a guy called John Payton who was a Victorian missionary. And he'd travelled to the New Hebrides, determined to tell the tribal people about Jesus. But he struggled to find the right word for faith. One day, when his indigenous servant came in, Peyton raised both his feet off the floor, sat back in his chair and asked, what am I doing now? In the reply, the servant used a word that means to lean your whole weight upon. And this became the expression that Peyton used. Faith and trust means leaning your whole weight upon Jesus. When we lean our whole weight on Jesus, we choose to trust him completely to hold us, just as Peyton did as he leant back on that chair. You see, faith and trust are inextricably linked. It's our faith in Christ that leads us to respond and to trust him with everything that we are, everything that we do, and everything we face. And it's our faith in Christ that leads us to lean on him, confident that he's got our families, he's got our work, he's got our health, and even this pandemic that we're in. You see, we come to this passage today as people of faith, longing to learn what it means to trust God, to trust him completely, knowing that we struggle, knowing that we find it difficult on a daily basis. So we're going to begin by praying that as we look at Proverbs chapter 3, God would teach us to trust him. Let's pray together. Father God, we simply ask now that as as we look at this passage together, you would teach us to trust you. Teach us to lean our full weight with all our baggage and struggles and stuff entirely on you. Open our eyes as we look at your word together and help us to see the truth of who you are and why you are our trustworthy, faithful and loving God. Amen. Uh, We're going to read from Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 8. I'm just going to get this the right height. So if you've got it on your phones or a Bible, then do, uh, do follow it with me. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Yet let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and of man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord 
and shun evil. This will bring health to your bodies and nourishment to your bones. The writer of 1 Kings records that uh, King Solomon wrote 3,000 proverbs, and many of them are contained in this book. And they're sayings to the people of Israel that they might become wise, know God better, and live well in relationship with him and with others. In this chapter, the author gives important instructions, rather like a father to a son, so that the people might grow in wisdom. It's a bit like you can imagine him inviting a child into his study, sitting him down, and lovingly, kindly, but firmly, helping him to see what is wise and what is a foolish way to live. You see, our natural inclination, sadly, is to foolishness. We rely on our own limited knowledge and understanding. We think we know best and make decisions based on, as verse 7 says, what, we, what seems right in our own eyes, rather than trusting God. And it's been the same throughout history. Adam and Eve thought that they knew what was best with disastrous consequences. And since then, throughout Scripture, God's people have been making decisions for themselves, leading them far from God and getting them into all sorts of trouble. So to be wise, we need to live differently. We need to trust God with all that we are and all that we do, and we need to lean our whole weight on him alone. Our passage today gives some wonderful insights into why we can trust God with all our heart. That's verse 5. Why we must submit our lives to him in obedience in verse 6. And why we should ultimately fear him and shun evil in verse 7. Firstly, we can trust God because we have always and we will always be unconditionally loved. Verse 3 tells us that. Proverbs was initially written for the people of Israel, God's people, rescued from Egypt and called to live in obedient relationship with him in a beautiful land that he'd given them where they could flourish and live under his blessing. And God made a loving covenant with his people that they would be his people and he would be their God. And his promises of love and faithfulness were lavished on the people of Israel and his instructions were clear that they might enjoy a relationship with him, the relationship that he'd always intended for them. So Solomon here urges his readers and us to remember the teachings of God, to remember all he's done for them, remember his grace and his mercy, his kindness and his rescue. Remember their love. Remember that you are loved. And in doing so, not only will others see and respect them as they follow God, but they and we will learn to trust God. I don't know about you, but I find it an awful lot easier to trust, trust God looking back when I see what he has done than trusting him right in the moment or for the future. But even so, if our trust is to increase, it's really important that we do remember 
that we talk about or we even write down how God has been at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. It's vital if we're going to trust him that we spend time in his word reminding ourselves of how have we have experienced his love and his goodness in our lives or how we've seen it in others. It's important for me that I remember that Jesus has saved me from my sin and that my flaws and my failings have all been wiped clean through his loving sacrifice for me. And the more that I do this, the more I will know and the more I will experience his unconditional love. And the more I hope and pray I will come to trust him with all my heart. Secondly, I think we can always, we can trust God because he can and he always will keep us on track. Have a look at verse 6. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. There have been some serious foggy days in the last few weeks. Low cloud and at a time we really need those fog lights to see clearly the way ahead with our car. And following Christ is not a straightforward, tarmac easy motorway heading in God's direction with loads of bright line, lights and road signs to make sure we don't come off the road. It's much more messy than that. And yes, there are times when following Christ feels straightforward and clear, but much of the time, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm navigating potholes, carefully, slowly crawling around corners, persevering up steep hills, or fighting my way through thick woodland tracks. It's not easy. But the reason we can trust God is because we as his children, we belong to him. He's our father. And we've been saved by Jesus. And because of that, he will shine his bright and glorious light on our way to guide us. And sometimes that light is bright and obvious, and sometimes it perhaps seems harder to see. But as we've explored all the way through Advent and Christmas, the light of Christ will never go out. And as we obediently submit to him and follow him and live for him, he will make our paths straight. He will remove those obstacles in our way that we might draw close to him. I was reminded this week of a classic Harrison Ford film. Don't know if you know this, but I, I do like my films, so you may do. Um, the Last Crusade, which was like the fourth one in the Indiana Jones series, and where Indy, who's this intrepid archaeologist, is in search of the Holy Grail. And it's a great adventure, and Indy spends most of the film being chased by Nazis, but finally he comes to the edge of a precipice, and he has to make a decision Will he turn back or will he trust his map, his instructions, and step out into the unknown? Needless to say, he takes a step of faith which seems like a great big drop. But he trusts what he's learned and a narrow path appears before him, leading him to the next stage of his quest. Sometimes when we choose to trust God, it's going to feel like we're stepping out into the unknown or wondering whether it's safe to lean all our weight on him. 
But just as Israel, when they were obedient to him, were guided safely through the desert, so when we step out in faith with his word, his map in our hand, he will guide us through the ups and downs of life. He will keep us on track with him. You see, the word of God can be trusted. Where relying on our own understanding is foolish and dangerous, God's word is faithful and true, and it's God's eternal loving plan for all people. It's his perfect, with the perfect wisdom of Jesus Christ, showing us how we can be saved and what it means to live to, for him. So we can pay attention to scripture, and as we do, we will be guided through the fog, and our paths to God will be made straight. Finally, we can trust God because his promises are good and eternal. Verse 2 says, I'll read verse 1 or 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I wonder how much we trust that God's purposes for us are always good. It's incredibly hard when life is really tough when perhaps we're sick or we're facing this pandemic or we're grieving the loss of someone that we love. And it might feel hard too if we've lost our job or we're struggling with that anxiety as we try to juggle our kids at home and we're teaching them and working and trying to manage family life. It might feel hard when we just haven't seen our parents and our family for months and we feel trapped inside where we just can't see an end to this. The writer of Proverbs promises God's people that following him will bring peace, prosperity, favor, and health. Well, that doesn't seem to quite make sense when we know there's so much illness and struggle around us. But no, we may not see it in our time. But when we trust Christ and follow him, all those things are and will be true because God has eternity in his hands. He's got the big picture. He's called all those who love and follow him to a place of peace and prosperity, to a place where there is no more sickness and pain because he's called us to eternity with him. That's his promise to us. And we can trust him to deliver on that promise. Why? Because Jesus has already gone there to prepare a place for us to be with him. He's there. The writer of Proverbs urges us to trust God because he's really deeply concerned about our well-being. And well-being is a real hot topic these days. There are shelves of books written on the subject. At Bath Spa, I work with the well-being team to care for the students, to ensure that they feel safe, listened to, that their time at university is positive and healthy, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually for them. But these verses demonstrate a much, uh, a much greater view of well-being for those who trust in the Lord and who lean on him. Because the promise is that we will live well in every way for all eternity. When we trust God's promises, we understand his character 
and obey his word, then we will know what true well-being is and we will be wise. Since this is the case, may I urge you, as the writer does here, in verse 7 of chapter 4, he says, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. And there's nothing better because wisdom is knowing and trusting Christ, leaning on him at all times, in all situations, knowing that he loves you, that he's faithful to you, and he's the only one who will guide you through life, leading you to eternal glory with him. It's all here to be discovered in his word. Get wisdom. Trust him.